I believe that our calling is to take the gospel to the ends of the earth, and we're able to take our humanitarian work, which we always tie the gospel to. Uh, we don't feed people or take medicine without telling them about who Jesus Christ is and what he did on the cross. So he took our sins and died and shed his blood for our sins, and he rose from the dead. And I want people to know that. And so aviation just helps us to, to do that. Welcome back to another episode of On the Ground with Samaritan's Purse, where we take you to the front lines and behind the scenes of our work around the world. I'm your host, Christy Graham. And if you've been listening to our episodes for a while, you know that so much of our work is focused on responding to disasters at a moment's notice. In fact, right now, we have team members on the ground in Turkey, and we're prayerfully looking at ways that we can meet the greatest needs after the deadly earthquake. We'll be updating on our website and have more details at SamaritansPurse.org, and we'll be bringing you an episode soon on that. But this week, we're sharing how aviation enables our rapid response, whether it's providing food, clean water, or emergency medical care. We talked with many of our crew members as they shared ways that they've seen aviation impact people and bring hope. But first, I talked with Franklin Graham, my father-in-law and Samaritan's Purse president, He's a pilot, and so I always love hearing how God used his passion of flying to shape the work of this aspect of the ministry. Tell me, you know, when you got your pilot's license, did you even think you would do anything with missions? You didn't know about Samaritan's Purse at the time. You liked the adventure. Mm. But I love the way that God used your your natural gifts and interests now to work mm. here. Well, I didn't, um, in, when I was in college, I got my pilot's license, and I I did that because it was more fun flying an airplane than sitting in class, okay? so Right. Uh, but I, I had really no clue that we, I would use aviation yes. uh, throughout my life. But I think God does that. He, he lets you—God uh, lets you do things that you enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. And I didn't pursue aviation. I, I took a degree in business and so forth and then got involved uh, with Samaritan's Purse and World Medical Missions. And Boone is a remote place. Um, it takes uh, two hours to drive to an airport. If you're going to fly, it takes uh, you got to get there an hour and a half to two hours early. So that could be four hours, four and a half hours uh, before you depart. So we had purchased uh, a number of airplanes over the years for Mission Aviation Fellowship, and they had a plane they were retiring, a Cessna 180, and I just asked them um, that I would like to get that one from them. So we got it, and I started using a small airplane uh, just for my own schedule. Uh, I could be in four hours, four and a half hours, I could be you know, to, to Memphis, or I could be in you know Washington, D.C., or Philadelphia. So, um, then got a small turboprop, and that opened up the whole country for me. And, and I just started, wherever I was going in the United States, I just flew myself and always had other people with me. So, uh, it was, and I would take speaking engagements that normally I would not take. I would, I would be invited to, at a church, but you start looking at how do you get there commercially. It's just, it would take you. Um, all day Saturday, or maybe Friday, you have to start Friday evening to get there by Saturday afternoon, depending on where the where it was, and some of the schedules uh, were not easy to do. So I just flew myself, and I've just been doing that. Mm -hmm. And some people don't understand, you've been all over the world. Some places, like in Africa, mm -hmm. that, or Alaska, where you just came from, you can't even access places mm -hmm. by road. So talk to me about how Samaritan's Purse has been able to get into certain places. Maybe they wouldn't mm -hmm. have ministry. They wouldn't have brought the gospel. But because of aviation, you've been able to go 
Well, I think uh, if you take Africa, the South Sudan, uh, we had a small hospital called Louis during the war that we were uh, supporting with doctors, uh, with medicine, and you just can't get to Louis. And we uh, would use different mission organizations, mm-hmm. but as our ministry began to grow, the mission organizations weren't able to to help us with aviation. Uh, they weren't able to meet our schedule, so we, we just thought, let's just put a plane over in Africa and we'll have our own airplane. And we did. We put a Cessna caravan, and that was a tremendous help. And then our work in South Sudan continued to grow. We put a turbine DC-3 uh, in the South Sudan, and that was a huge help. And it's still there today. It allows us to get into areas and to take cargo, uh, to take people, mission teams, doctors, nurses, that you just can't, I mean, there are, again, you can drive to the South Sudan, but depending on whether it's the wet season or whatever, uh, uh, it could take you forever. But we can get to where we need to go in the South Sudan in a couple hours and, and, and be back. So There's 22 aircraft within Samir's Purse, two helicopters. Right. Um, you know, a lot of people know about the DC-8, and we'll talk about that mm-hmm. in a minute, and how important it's been with you, uh, mm-hmm. recently mm-hmm. with Ukraine, uh, bringing multiple loads. But talk about, yes, just all the different aircraft and the helicopters. And well, most of, uh, most of our planes are fitted for uh, cargo and people, uh, where we can carry cargo or switch, put seats in and carry people. So that's the majority of, of our, our mission. And the, the, the bigger planes... Uh, like the DC-8, uh, that, that just increased our ability to carry more mm-hmm. uh, further, and that's, that's a huge blessing. But as a pilot, and I've got about 15,000 hours, I, I, um, I understand how aviation works. And aviation is not for every ministry. It's not for every—I mean, it's expensive. It takes uh, talented people. Uh, committed people to, to do it. And God, over the years, has just blessed me with some a great team of men and women who understand aviation and uh, who make it happen. So aviation is a tool uh, for me to be able to take the gospel and, and to take the ministry that God has called us to and go further and farther than uh, we could do otherwise. Uh, I believe that our calling is to take the gospel to the ends of the earth, and we're able to take our humanitarian work, which we always tie the gospel to. Uh, we don't feed people or take medicine without telling them about who Jesus Christ is and what he did on the cross. So he took our sins and died and shed his blood for our sins, uh, and he rose from the dead. And I want people to know that. Mm-hmm. And so aviation just helps us to, to do that. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, Samir's first, we say all the time, we go into the fire, you know, when it's dangerous and sometimes mm-hmm. right after a storm, you know, mm-hmm. for instance, in the Bahamas, you know, there people yeah. couldn't get in. Yeah. Airports were shut down commercially, so people couldn't get anything in. But mm-hmm. Samir's first was able to respond right away, right. get what was needed at the time. And you're right, share the gospel. That's mm-hmm. why we go. Um, so are there any personal stories or times where you've seen without aviation the gospel wouldn't have gotten into a community or a part of the world? Well, let's just take something current like the Ukraine. Uh, being able to, to take plane loads of medicines, relief supplies, uh, to Poland, and then drive it across the border. And so within 24 hours of leaving Greensboro, we're inside the Ukraine with, mm-hmm. with the supplies. 
And we've been doing this every week. Now, if we try to do that commercially, I'm not quite sure how you would do it commercially. Um, I mean, you would have to charter an airplane every week. And airplanes aren't always available to be chartered every week. And that's one of the reasons we got on a cargo plane is because we try to charter for an emergency. And they said, well, we can get to you maybe in about six weeks. Six weeks. We can't wait six weeks. We, we, need, we need it now. That's why I said, well, we'll just have to get on cargo jet. And it, it has been a blessing because we can, we can take an entire field hospital, put it in the, into the plane, and then fly it, whether it's Ecuador, the Bahamas, or take it to, to northern Iraq or where we have been in the Ukraine, uh, it allows us to, to get there quickly. Mm-hmm. And so while people are still talking and planning, mm-hmm. uh, we're there. Uh, and that, that, and that, I mean, it, it's just incredible. Uh, I think of northern uh, Italy during the coronavirus. Northern Italy was the hardest hit area, and we were asked to come in uh, if we would be willing to help. And so I was, I wasn't in the office, but Ken Isaacs called me and said, frankly, the, the, the Italians want to know if we would go. Yeah, we'll go. That's what we got the hospitals for. Let's load up the plane and go. Well, uh, we got in there and uh, set up uh, our hospital. And we, we've seen how God has used the plane to allow us to go places and be there and at the same time minister to the people that are hurting but be able to share the gospel. It's a um, kind of a snowball effect. I mean, one door opens up another door, and then that door opens up another door. And the plane has allowed us to kind of do things like that. Mm-hmm. It is incredible. And there's so many people involved. And as you mentioned, we've been to Greensboro and covered the way it's like a Tetris, how they pack that plane. And they yeah. use every square inch. And another place aviation is important is in Alaska, where you just yeah. came from. You just came from Operation Healer Patriots, but there are also church you know, building opportunities mm-hmm. out in the bush. And so talk to me about Alaska and how you've been able to access and do ministry that you wouldn't have without aviation. Yeah, you know, Alaska is a, is a huge state. And um, the road comes out of Canada, goes up to Fairbanks and place called Toke and uh, down to Anchorage and Seward, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And the whole state is without roads. And so if it wasn't for aviation, you, you just would not be able to access the state uh, out, off the road, uh, outside the road system. And so the road system will get you to a couple of big cities, but outside of that, uh, it has to be an airplane. And there's a, a great native population in Alaska that, uh, that we serve, that we work with. Every year we do a project in those communities. And this year we're building a place called Scammon Bay, building a church. Uh, this is an Eskimo community. And uh, they're very, very poor. Uh, people don't realize uh, that um, the, the rural areas of Alaska are almost third world mm-hmm. type of communities. Uh, extremely poor. And we have cargo planes up there that um, fly uh, work teams in. Uh, we fly our lumber. But we want the, the church uh, to be the Mm-hmm. number one building in the community. Mm-hmm. And so we've been building, I think, about 25 churches now that we've been able to build. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. And then, as I mentioned, Operation Healer Patriots, you know, you, you love sharing your passion in that beautiful place in Alaska, mm-hmm. very remote. You have yeah. to take a small plane to come in. Many of these wounded warriors, you know, their spouses, they've never been on a small plane mm-hmm. or experienced uh, 
God's beauty like that. So what is it like to introduce them to that, and what has the summer been like? Well, we, we Operation Helen Patriots is, a, of course, is a program for wounded uh, veterans, and it's a marriage retreat, and we have an old fishing lodge that we bought and, and upgraded it, uh, uh, revamped it. And uh, we bring in 10 couples a week, and these couples, uh, military families have difficulty, uh, period, because of long deployment and so forth, as you know. And But then you take uh, injuries, and the person has changed and not the same person that they married. And so a lot of the marriages are failing, so we, we, we focus on um, marriage and a marriage retreat. But we have classes, we have chaplains that, that manage the, the, the program, but we, we put into that where we take people out uh, to fish, mm-hmm. uh, take them bear viewing. So they're not in marriage classes all day, but in the morning, in the evening, but during the day we'll take them to, to do some things, and we use float planes. And most of these people have never been on a float plane. And we go into small rivers or small lakes or and uh, let them just see what Alaska really is. And mm-hmm. so the airplanes have been a, a great tool for that. Mm-hmm. You really see God's handiwork when you can look out and see no infrastructure, yeah. no houses, That's just right. God's beauty. Um, and I just have to ask, you know, that first trip you took with Bob Pierce mm-hmm. and Dr. Furman, you were on small planes. You mm-hmm. reached places. Did you talk about aviation then? I know Bob knew the importance of Mission Aviation. Well, we, we were uh, flying with Mission Aviation Fellowship. Mm-hmm. Uh, in uh, Borneo, and Bob had been helping them. Samaritan's Purse had bought, I think, about uh, 13 airplanes for MAF, small Cessnas. And so he wanted me to see Borneo. He wanted me, and these this was an extremely remote island at that time, still is. It's just extremely remote, extremely primitive. But missionaries were going in and out because they had aircraft. They could fly into these remote areas and take medicine. They could take uh, the gospel into these areas. So Bob Pierce wanted me to see it. And, of course, uh, I, I, was, uh, I was young at the time and just um, had gotten my pilot's license. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of fascinated how these missionary pilots were going in and out of the jungle in these remote strips, uh, helping people and doing it in Jesus' name. It had a big impression on me. Mm-hmm. And so I think that probably had a lot, uh, a lot of influence on on my life, and and then seeing how we could use planes and make planes work for ministry. Mm-hmm. We'll talk to some of the pilots. I know there's oh, yeah. many, yeah. and they work hard shifts. And just we just want to show just their sacrifice and you know mm-hmm. selflessness. And some of these, like you said, the the replenishing of the in Ukraine. I mean, they're flying. Not seeing anything coming back. I mean, that's exhausting, right? Oh, I guarantee it's exhausting. <laughs> these these guys that fly cargo. I mean, that's a that's hard, mm-hmm. and they do it well, and they they're they do it with a smile. I see it so selfless, you know, because a lot yeah. of times they will help offload, but they don't get to take the the supplies and the equipment and see the the people that it's going yeah. to. But they're doing it because they know the gospel is going forward. Yeah, and I, but I think some of the things that uh, helped this in the Ukraine was. We started bringing back uh, refugees to Canada because we have seats in the back of the cargo plane. And all of a sudden, we come back with an empty plane. Well, we started filling it with uh, refugees. They had their visas and so forth. They just needed transportation. So we thought, well, why go back empty? Why don't we just drop them off in Toronto on the way home? And so we started doing that. And that was uh, a lot of um, a lot of satisfaction for our pilots, mm-hmm. you know, being able to— 
to, to see people and meet people and, and then see them when they land and the excitement and the joy of coming to a new home, you know, that was, uh, mm-hmm. that was uh, I think, very just, just satisfaction right. in yeah. seeing it themselves. And like you said, these are things that we are to steward. God has mm-hmm. given you these mm-hmm. gifts and these resources, but they're His, and He will snowball and take them where He wants to go. Yeah. That's why you know, I never dreamed that we'd have you know, more than one airplane, and uh, to have the variety of planes that we have. And ever, you know, this is something God has done. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not for every ministry. It's uh, you, you have to have people that understand it and know how to make it work. And the fact that I, I was a pilot. Uh, at least gave me a, a basic understanding mm-hmm. of how to use them and make them uh, work uh, effectively for the ministry. That was such a fun conversation to have with Franklin. I, I always love hearing his heart and his perspective, but especially on flying because it's so personal. He loves it as a pilot, and he sees the way that God uses this tool as a ministry. Samaritan's Purse has been uniquely blessed to have amazing pilots and aviation crew. Uh, They work so hard, and they are the backbone of this part of our ministry. And so I want you to hear from some of them personally. First up is Bill Sims. He serves as a pilot at Operation Healer Patriots in Alaska. And this program wouldn't be possible without aviation. Only like 20% of Alaska is accessible by road. The other 80% aviation is what does it. So... You need aircraft to fly people. It allows accessibility to places. It's kind of a lifeline of Alaska is like aviation. There are more pilots in Alaska than by populace than any other state in the United States. So it's very important uh, for timeliness to reach all the remote villages. So the road system basically disconnects the, uh, the populated cities. And it's very limited in Alaska. Without pilots like Bill, we couldn't send couples to Operation Healer Patriots. This is such a central part of the ministry, and, and the fact that these couples are brought away from distractions of their everyday lives. These planes allow us to do that, to get these wounded veterans and their spouses out of their regular environments and into the wilderness to encounter spiritual healing. They're in a remote place. They're taken away from all the worries of home. There's no road system. I mean, they have an opportunity just to concentrate on their marriage. They have an opportunity just to concentrate on their relationship with Christ or to gain that relationship with Christ. So there's really no distraction. And uh, I just get the pleasure of being able to take them up, you know, and flying an altitude. They were going bear viewing, and they see no civilization. There's, it's just vast. It's just the immense country that God has created and provided. Some of the things that you'll, you know, when you describe the area to them, it might be repetitive to us, but it's brand new to them. And, and just seeing, you know, how they light up when they get to do that. And, you know, what God has created here makes it easy for us. It makes it easy for me when you fly across this vast country and just, just see all the beauty that it has to offer. It prompts a lot of questions and, and small conversations that we can have in the aircraft as we're flying um, between the different places. Opportunities to speak the gospel. These gospel opportunities are global. On the other side of the world in Liberia, aviation is allowing supplies to reach people in the most remote regions. Last week, we were doing a cataract uh, surgical outreach in a primarily Muslim community 
in Northwest Liberia. And without aviation, it would be almost impossible to do that outreach. That was Daniel. He's the country director of Liberia. And he described the rural communities that are completely inaccessible by car. He's been on the receiving end of these supply drops, and he shared the delicate process of delivering this aid to hard-to-reach communities. We have a rainy season here in Liberia, and if you picture a mountainous rainforest, lush green jungle, um, that's the most of the country. And that picture may look beautiful in your mind, but uh, in the middle of rainy season, the, the dirt roads basically turn to mud rivers. And they become almost impassable. So recently, um, we had staff moving overland, and uh, it took over three days um, and multiple breakdowns and repairs just to make it from Monrovia to the base. With the aviation, we can make that trip in two hours very easily. So, yeah, it definitely empowers us and allows us to reach out to the furthest. Uh, location in a really rugged, rugged terrain. And none of this would be possible without every person that's serving along the way. There are so many behind-the-scene people who make our responses possible. Donors who provide uh, the financial support to purchase supplies. Warehouse workers who keep items in their top condition, organized and ready to send out at any time. Local partners who coordinate supply drops in their regions. And of course, our pilots who navigate the landings on the dusty airstrips. It truly takes God's provision through all of these people to deliver aid. One of our planes is a DCA cargo plane, and we actually recovered it from a scrapyard back in 2015. Since then, it's made nearly 200 flights, delivering multiple emergency field hospitals and other relief supplies to Ukraine. It has a huge cargo area and 32 passenger seats, which allows us to quickly get the right people and supplies into the areas where people are suffering. We'll come out here and usually we fold these fire blankets. One of our podcast team members was able to join a recent DCA cargo flight and capture the action. The flight load master described the packing process. We have a certain set of dimensions that contour to the airplane that allow us to uh, fit the most uh, within a certain amount of space. And uh, yeah, it can definitely feel like you're playing a game of Tetris uh, by trying to fit field hospitals, puck lights, and all that onto a small uh, area. The DCA can carry 42 tons of cargo, uh, which is absolutely essential in Ukraine response. Uh, the DCA cargo plane has made more than 40 round trips to deliver supplies to Poland. Uh, which were then trucked across the border into Ukraine. The combination of cargo and passenger space makes this aircraft perfect for disaster response. We can quickly get some of our disaster assistance response teams, people, and relief supplies on the ground after a disaster. Danny, a DC-8 flight attendant who has been serving on our crew since the beginning, told us more. He shared how this passenger part of the plane has not only been used to transport disaster responders, but it's also been able to transport Ukrainian refugees to safety. We took almost 300 Ukrainian refugees from Poland and brought them to Toronto where they could actually feel safe. When they even just got on the plane, there was just this huge sigh of relief. They were so happy to be knowing they were going someplace 
and being cared for and brought to safety. There was one family with a mother and three daughters. Uh, one daughter played the violin and they stood up here and played songs for us. They sang and played songs, several songs for the entire passenger uh, manifest. I think one of the biggest things about aviation, especially the DCA, we have the ability to go long distances nonstop right away. And a lot of times if the infrastructure, the roads are down or the ports are down as as was the case with Arma Maria a couple years ago in the Puerto Rico area. Um, we were one of the only ways to get items to the people. I'm just looking forward to see what God's going to do in the coming uh, months and years with Samaritan's Purse. I loved hearing from these team members and to be able to share how aviation has opened the door for the gospel. As Franklin pointed out, we could never have predicted how aviation would grow and be a huge part of our ministry. This month, the DCA completed its 40th flight to Eastern Europe with emergency relief supplies for Ukrainians. We also used the cargo plane to deliver Operation Christmas Child shoeboxes, including the 200 million shoebox. We'll bring you more on that story in the coming weeks. I encourage you to join our community on Instagram at OnTheGroundSP so you can stay up to date with our episodes and see behind the scenes content. Thank you so much for tuning in today and God bless you.